Welcome to the book club that sure isn't your mom's book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Hello, Ellen. It's going well. It's always going well. Okay, so today we are going to be talking about Beard Science by Penny Reed, and then later about some of the differences between historicals and contemporaries, besides the obvious time period. Um, So, but first, mom, what have you been reading? I already know well. the answer. <laughs> well, I couldn't read Beard Science without reading the beginning of the tri- of the of the trilogy of the um, series. Series. So that's what I've been reading, and I even read Beard Science twice. <laughs> <laughs> and you read the book after Beard Science, right? I did. Yes. So I read yep. the entire series. So that's where Mom's at. So proud. <laughs> Um, I have been actually, uh, pretty, uh, light on the reading these past couple weeks. I read, uh, How to Marry a Millionaire Vampire by Carolyn Sparks. Um, the, it's basically in the title. Uh, but. And how do you do that? Because. <laughs> <laughs> Is it an instruction manual? <laughs> Is there a downside? <laughs> book has some arguments for yes there is a downside um but it was a fun book it's it's a very kind of frivolous and not super like dark and broody uh paranormal um but i was just looking for a paranormal to read i hadn't read one in a while and so uh this was this was a fun one and i did that because i'm actually gonna go to a reading salon in a couple weeks where carolyn sparks is going to do a reading and so I kind of wanted to at least read like a book by her, so that's where that's where I where I did that one. And then I um, have started picking back up a series that this series is insane. I mean, I think at this point it's like twenty two books long. Um, it's Fool's Gold by Susan Mallory, and. I started, oh gosh, I'm going to have to try and remember the name of this book and I'm not going to be able to do it because um, her titles thing. are all very, I know, but anyway, I think it's like book 16 or something. They kind of, she releases three books every summer nice. and um, so they come out in like these chunks of three and so I'm on like the, I want to say 16 or 17 or something like that. So I've kind of been reading that book. Um, I'm not very far into it, but that's where I am with that. And um, that's a really, it's a cute series. If you are looking for kind of a cute summer beach reedy type series, it takes place in this really small town in Northern California, which uh, we are familiar with. Um, (laughs) But um, so it's, it's cute and it's, uh, it's kind of a fun series, but Aren't all these books beach reads, Ellen? I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah, but I think some of them are a little more, like, light and frothy than others, maybe. Okay. <laughs> Just go with it, Mom. <laughs> oh, and I started reading Susan Mallory again because um, Mom's going to make fun of me because she has serious gripe with the fact that I do this, but I've been watching a lot of Hallmark movies. Um 
And there is a Christmas movie that's coming out this year because I love their Hallmark Christmas movies. Um, but there's one that's coming out that is um, based on Susan Mallory's Marry Me at Christmas, which is one of the Fool's Gold books. So I was like, oh, I should catch back up on that series and then read that book right before the Hallmark movie comes out. <sighs> Well, who knows, Ellen? You got me over onto reading romance novels, so maybe, maybe you'll get me. <laughs> maybe you'll snag me on that one too. We are going to spend some time together at Christmas, <laughs> so maybe I'll catch you and get you hooked. Um, okay, so today we are going to be talking about Beard Science by Penny Reed. It is the third novel in her Winston Brothers series. Um, the back cover description for this one reads, Make a deal with the devil and you might get what you want, but will it be what you need? Jennifer Sylvester wants one thing, and that one thing is, to, is not to be Tennessee's reigning banana cake queen. Ever the perpetual good girl and obedient daughter, Jennifer is buckling under the weight of her social media celebrity, her mother's ambitions, and her father's puritanical mandates. Jennifer is officially desperate. And desperate times call for Cletus Winston. Cletus Winston is a puzzle wrapped in a mystery covered in conundrum sauce, and now he's in a pickle. Despite being convinced of his own omniscience, uh, extortion by the exalted banana cake queen of Green Valley has taken him completely by surprise. So what's a maniacal mastermind to do? Likely the last thing you expect. So, Mom... This was your first contemporary, or it not your was. first contemporary. This series was your first contemporary. Well, I don't know. Does Twilight count? Because I read those. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll rule those Speaking of millionaire vampires. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Um, so, what did you think of Beard Science? Well, um, first of all, I enjoyed the series very much. Um, <laughs> I, I was hooked from the first one, um, mm -hmm. and like most series, I like I really liked the first one. I like the next one even more, and I love the third one. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, I I I really liked it. So I think I've said it before, but this is like the first and so far only book where I finished it. And then I went back to the beginning and started reading it again. Because I just, I don't know why, but I love this book so much. Like, I don't, I mean, maybe we can, maybe we can pinpoint what it is that I love so much about this book. But I just love it. I love them. I think that they're so cute. I really like that they're both kind of a little odd. I feel like in a lot of romances where there's like an odd-ish character like one of them is odd and then the other is kind of more like oh i but i, I love him despite his <laughs> not despite his quirkiness. but like because of his eccentricities or because she's a little strange you know and she's so brave and being different or something like that but i like that they're both um that they're both a little odd in certain ways but in like different ways i like that um I like that he's obviously much more world-weary and cynical, whereas she's a little more innocent and naive, and that um, they kind of complement each other in that regard. Yeah, I just, I, lo I love them. Here's what I liked about the book. First of all, 
the build-up to it, because Cletus shows up in both of the first books quite extensively, yeah. but you're getting him from everybody else's point of view, and he seemed really odd and strange, but when you get into his book and he starts explaining, he's not really that, there's like a method to his madness. Yeah. He, he explains why he does certain things the way he does them, and there's always a reason why... And it's to help him perpetuate things that he has going on. And like when he explains um, why he doesn't look at people when he first meets them and, you know, things like that. There's a whole series of things that he needs to do when he first meets someone so he can categorize them in his little, you know, in his brain. But there's um, far... Well, he likes things, he likes things very straightforward. So he's very, like, he's not going to beat around the bush. Like, he's just very direct and straightforward, so... Yeah, and um, so it was kind of fun after reading the first two books to get into his book and say, oh, okay, so that's why he's, you know, and even because one of the things that cracked me up is he always wears his smoking jacket, and they would always talk about him wearing his smoking jacket, and then in his book, Bo comes right out and says, why do you wear that? And he says, because the collar is velvet, and I like velvet. It's soft. Oh, okay. It's like, I guess guess that's a reason. And... um, I don't know. There was just things that seemed so odd as you built up, but then when you get into his book, it's like, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Well, and I and like that they, they plus kind he's of adorable. present. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love him. I love that they kind of present Shelly at the beginning. Like, she would be a good match for him. Like, she's, they're both straightforward. They both get to the point. They both, you know, they get that. It's, but then, you know, along comes Jennifer and. I don't know, I, and I I love that he he talks about in the beginning how how nobody surprises him. Like there's right. very few things. I mean, he's always ready for kind of like any eventuality. It seems like, um, but that when he meets Jennifer, he's always just kind of assumed she's one thing. Um, but then as he gets to know her, like he's just kind of fascinated with all of her complexities and things like that. And the funny thing is, is that Jennifer. Because she's always talks about how she's always been very observant because no one ever wants to talk to her, and mm-hmm. um, as she, because he just like can't figure her out because she just keeps surprising him with things, and she pretty much has him figured out from the very beginning, which is kind of backwards from everybody else. It, for the most part, most other people don't understand Cletus for the most part, and. Um, but she just kind of, yeah, I know he manipulates people. He, you know, from the very beginning, she knows how he plays games with people and uh, gets his way by, you know, giving people, collecting information on people. But she's so observant and has been collecting information on people for so long that she kind of has him figured out better than he has her figured out. Yeah. Okay, so what's your favorite moment of the book? Oh, gosh. Um, I have mine. Well, the one that just was cracking me up was when um, they're in the car. They just run away from the Iron Wraiths, and they're in the car, and Jennifer, or Jessica, (laughs) she's like, Cletus, who's with you? (laughs) She's like, why do you have your shirt off? You guys making out? Who's in there? You guys making out? (laughs) Anyway, that was one of my favorite parts. I've actually... I've been listening to the book, and um, I just listened to that part, so that's kind of funny. I think my favorite moment is probably um, 
when Billy takes her out on the practice date, and, um, you know, she, and she keeps like, oh, do you know if Khalees is going to be here? I hope he likes my dress. And Billy's like, hey, so I know this is just practice, but, like, just for future, like, maybe don't talk about, like, a different guy the entire time. She's like, oh, good point, good point. And then just when um, he's like, you don't even know how gorgeous you are, do you? And then Cletus comes up and he's like, no, she doesn't. Why are you looking at her like that? He just gets all... He, like, pulls him aside. He's like, what are you doing? You can't do that. You can't talk to her like that. She needs to know this is a practice date. Billy's like, don't worry. She's not interested in me. (laughs) Billy's got it all figured out from the beginning. Yeah. Long before they do. (laughs) I just love all of that. It's so good. It is. It is good. It's cute. Um, The other part that I like is um, more from, like, a more poignant position is I really like the part where... um, uh, you know, because Jennifer is really nervous because she's never kissed anybody before, and um, she's she's just like, I'm not, I don't know what to do, and all this stuff. And so Cletus has her talk to Claire, and Claire's kind of speech about um, about making love versus like sex Having as a sex. recreation, yeah. And how he talks, she talks about how um, when her husband who has died um, was playing catch with like a pro pro sports pro baseball player and he talked about how you know but I still prefer playing catch with my dad and how it's like when you love someone it just makes it you know right even if you're with someone who's really good at it it doesn't mean anything if you don't if the feelings the emotions aren't there and the feelings aren't there yeah that was a great that kind of comes into play later when when they do because Cletus kept saying like he wanted ideally someone with experience and all this stuff but then when they finally do end up having sex um that it he's like I get it it does mean more you know and I just I like that and I like that as like an analogy and um and and then what it meant to them when they finally did have sex right it was very well played the whole yeah that whole thing and it's funny because through the whole series um you know we can get into this when we start talking about this versus historical but um jen is the only virgin in the whole series the other girls none of the other girls are virgins so it's it's um for that series that's a different um take on on that whole thing because you know usually that's like a huge deal in in the other books Um, so I came up with some questions that we can okay. talk about. So this is definitely a fairly slow burn romance wise. Um, a lot of her books seem to be that way. I think just because her books are fairly long ish, not long, but they're a little bit meatier than some other romances. Um, so how did you find that pacing while reading it? Was it too slow? Just right? Whatever. I, in this particular book, um, I really liked it. I liked the whole pacing of it. I liked um, that he just thought, didn't even really consider her as anyone in the beginning. You know, they always started off with, she's not that cute. Oh, wait, she's kind of cute. Oh, my gosh, she's gorgeous. You know, there's that whole <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> transition. <laughs> and um, it, and it was funny. And the the thing that was funny to me is that 
he became very protective of her long before he even realized that he had feelings for her. And it was almost kind of a brother-sister kind of thing. I think he just kind of felt like, okay, she's my project, and I kind of need to watch out for her. And then as you watch yeah. that morph into something that was, you know, he realized was, oh, wait, this is not a brother-sister thing at all. <laughs> and I think yeah. when she was having that conversation with Claire, when she talks about the way that he looked at her there, you know, then I think that's when Cletus realizes holy crap, there's more to this. And, yeah. and that's why he got really scared. And um, anyway. And I think even in comparison to like other of her books, um, this was even slower burn because it just takes them both a while. I think Jennifer catches on pretty early that she has got the hots for him and is interested in him, but kind of writes it off because... No, like... Well, it's all new to her. She doesn't understand... You know, all this is new to her. She doesn't understand relationships of this kind. And um, so she keeps thinking... She keeps second-guessing herself. And and second-guessing his, you know, feelings for her, so... Yeah, but I guess this would be another trope that I love, is just, um, like, kind of seeing them calling, like, do we like each other? No, uh, no. And just kind of... um, figuring that out as they go along and that you know sometimes I get frustrated with like oh my gosh just realize that you love each other already like what's your problem but um I I really liked I really like it in this book and how she does it and kind of paces it out because I think it's it's uh it's effective and really well done I thought uh, while we're talking about pacing um the Jethro book I thought was a little unrealistic because for her being a movie star and for him to for her to fall in love with him so quickly that one that one was a little harder to believe than this particular one yeah um and i remember when i first started reading this series i i think the the Dwayne and jessica well the Dwayne and jessica one though sorry we're spoiling other books in the series but um like they make out like in like the right first away. 10 pages. <laughs> so, um, but see, there's a different whole thing there though, because she's known him her whole life. And also she doesn't know it's him. At the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, that is part of the whole thing there. But yeah. so there's a whole, so Dwayne and Jessica knew each other their whole lives. Um, she didn't like him particularly, but that's, a, you know, another, another book for another time. Yeah. Uh, Jethro and Sienna, met each other and I kind of felt like does she only like him because he doesn't know who she is I mean that whole thing seemed a little uh I don't know hurried to me I mean I could see I don't know uh but the Cletus and Jen one they'd known each other but they hadn't like interacted much at all like they knew each other existed but they hadn't really interacted much and that's why she had been watching him a lot more than he had been watching her. Yeah, like she, and I think that's maybe why she kind of falls quicker is because she's kind of been, because she even talks about, you know, when she was 14, she like heard him laugh or something for the first time. And then she's like, and then I started watching him a lot more. Right. And um, so I think she started kind of crushing maybe even a long time ago. Um, And then for him, I think it is a slower burn just because he's, you know, hasn't paid any attention to her for their entire life. Right. So. And she was always like a little girl to him. I mean, there's a, yeah, at least a six year age difference there. So yeah, that's another, another aspect for sure. Um, 
Okay, so I like, when it's a book that I really like, I like to look at bad reviews to kind of get a devil's advocate approach uh, so that, that we can try and argue. Um, the biggest gripes people seem to have for, the, for this book is that Jennifer is a doormat and pushover, and Cletus is too manipulative. Discuss. No. I disagree. <laughs> and I think part of it is because, uh, I guess you could, I mean, I was raised similarly to Jennifer Mm -hmm. in that, not that I have any talents whatsoever, but, um, (laughs) so everything's the same except for that. (laughs) We're exactly the same, only different. Um, uh, (laughs) I'm not beautiful or have purple eyes or (laughs) any of those things, but, um, but I was raised rather sheltered, I guess you Mm -hmm. could say. And, um, Mm -hmm. so as someone who was raised that way, and then trying to discover um, love and, and uh, you know, sex, sex. <laughs> and all those things. It's, it's, um, it's something you're excited about and you're looking forward to, but you're also scared. And like I said, like Jen did, I think you second guess yourself and you think, oh, well, you know, did he do this because of this? You know, so you start thinking... So I don't think that she's that much of a pushover. I think she really wants love. I mean, she, right off the beginning, she says she goes to him because she wants him to help her find a husband. And um, she wants to have babies and get married. I mean, that's what she wants to do. And um, I think maybe some of your viewers are kind of looking down on that aspect of it, that she just... Well, and I, I, think, I think Penny, like, redeems her, too. I think... Because the thing is also, like, not only is she sheltered, but she's just, like, cut off because her mom's got her in the kitchen. So she's just not, she doesn't have any friends and, like, any normal interactions with humans ever. Well, plus she was, so, she was homeschooled, so she never interacted with kids at high school, which is mm-hmm. a huge eye-opener to most people. And um, she's not, she works, she even says herself, she says, I work in day and night in at the bakery and I never even have a chance to meet people. I never even have a chance to get out and, and meet other people. So yeah. I don't even have a way to find, you know, to find someone to go out on a date with. Yeah. And even if you think she is a doormat, she's just so sweet. Like while she is like the fact that she like changes all of the insults that people like right. say to her into compliments. I'm just like, Oh, bless your little heart. Like <laughs> I just, and I really, I really like that at the beginning she, she sets out, she's like, I want, I want to get married and have a baby. And you know, that's because she just wants to get out from underneath her parents' thumb. And, um, I like that Cletus, you know, hears that, recognizes what she actually needs and tries to, you know, bring that out of her. And then she starts to like, realize that that's also what she needs and, um, and kind of has this whole, this whole journey. And then to the point where, spoiler alert, at the end, you know, she's like, Cletus wants to move in and get married and have babies. And she's like, let's wait a little bit. You know, right. like, I don't want to move in just yet. I'm going to move on, live on my own for a little while, you know. And so I really like that that arc for her. Um, in regards to Cletus being too manipulative. Um, well, that's I, the whole point of the story. I mean, she, she kind of changes that out of him, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole point of, of his... Because every story, there has to be 
change. Conflict. And yeah. Arc and, and, well, there has to be a problem and a solution. Trust me. <laughs> I yeah. teach this all the time. And, um, <clears throat> the problem that Cletus had is that he was manipulating people and because of Jen's sweetness. And this is where uh, Billy, I think says to him, she's the key to your cage. She's going to get you out of this because she's so sweet and sees people in such a good light that's going to change the way that you look at people and that you try to get what you want from people. And she does. She says, just go talk to him. You don't have to, you know, give him leprosy. You can just go talk to him. And by the way, (laughs) the whole thing with Jackson is one of my favorite parts of the book. (laughs) Yeah. I do love how he's always like, Oh no, she's not dating him. (laughs) He went and asked her out when she was on a date with my brother. Even though it was a practice date, he didn't know that. He's such a little shit. <laughs> yeah. And I love how I love how he's always just like uh I started making lists of all like when he's anytime he's mad at anybody, he's like, I started thinking about where the the armadillo with leprosy is or I started making lists of all his favorite things for reasons. <laughs> just like her writing is really funny. That's the other thing I love about her books is she's she is very funny. funny. I have other comments to make, but I want you to ask the questions because I don't want to step over your question i mean anything else to say about him being too manipulative no i think that that's the point and i think i think yeah it's like you said and i think that's why i really like them together is because they're they're good for each other because um yeah like that instance with jackson where um you know he's like i hate him he's always like trying to arrest my family and i just i don't like him he's annoying and so she's like well just you don't have to be friends with him, but just talk to him and ask him to stop and see if you can get him to stop that way rather than giving him leprosy or, you know, <laughs> itching powder on his uniform or all the stuff that he does to him. Um, so I, I like that. And then and then also he has that moment where he presents his family with, like, I've been building this case, essentially, against right. the Iron Wraiths. What do you guys want to do? And, you know, I think Cletus of old would not have done that. He would have just carried out his plan. Well, and that's the whole thing is he said, I need to give my par- my family the opportunity to to vote on this rather than me just going forward with it and doing what I think is right. He wanted to give every... So he's becoming a lot less manipulative, and that's the whole point of the book. Now, yeah. what I, what I want to see... <laughs> and I thought maybe I'd see some in the Bow book, but because of the way the Bow book is written, you don't see a lot of... Cletus after a lot Jen. of it is concurrent with yeah a lot of it, it overlaps they're done yeah. Con- yeah they're done at the same time and um so uh but I'm hoping like within the Roscoe book and the Billy book I'm really looking forward to the Billy book by the way um <laughs> I want to see I want it because they keep hinting at stuff with Billy and it's like I want to see the whole story here <laughs> yeah oh, oh yeah <laughs> but um <clears throat> so I'm curious to see Cletus because even, but there is a point in the Bo book where Cletus says, I don't do that stuff anymore. You know, he, where Bo asks him, that doesn't sound like you. And he says, yeah, I don't do that stuff anymore. So he's trying to change and that's, yeah, yeah, he was manipulative and he is manipulative, but that's the whole point of the story. Also, um, as I was reading the book, I, it had a real, uh, like karate kid feel to it where, you know, in Karate Kid, where he goes to and he says, okay, wax the floor, or, you know, I don't know, sand the floor, paint the fence. And so with, with Cletus, he kept giving Jen these assignments. She says, is this going to help me? How is this going to help me get a husband? And he's like, just do what I say, because he knows she needs backbone, and that's what he's trying to 
build for her. Still in her, yeah. And so he's giving her these assignments to do that she doesn't see what they have to do with getting a husband, but in the long run, it's exactly what she needed. Yeah. Yeah, I like all that too. I like the like changing something about yourself every every day and just every how day. she kind of grows and likes right. it. Right, something you want to change, not something your mom wants you to change. Yeah. Except that um, okay, so you can't do that though. You have to do what I say. Mm. <laughs> you can only change things I'll let you change. Interesting. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Moving on. Jennifer is what could be considered old fashioned in some of her ways. Do you think <laughs> she is still a good modern heroine? <laughs> That is an interesting question because I think she's an excellent modern heroine. And we've already touched on some of these things, but she's very old-fashioned. Her mom tries to dress her to be old-fashioned. Her mom tries to make her into like a 1950s, you know, like a June Cleaver kind of character. Deppard wife. Exactly. And, um, and they kept her very sheltered, and she's very sweet, and she's, you know. And her first initial thought is, I want to get married and have babies. However, with that said, and she does like find her backbone and she does do all those things. But even in the last scene when they, with her and Cletus, when he asks her to marry him, oh, spoiler alert, he asks her to marry him. (laughs) But he asks her to marry him. uh, She still wants to get married and have babies, but she just Mm -hmm. wanted to find herself a little bit first. And I think she did all those things. You know, she had done those things. And so now she's like, yes, I will marry you. And yes, let's, you know, yeah, <laughs> I don't want to give too much away, but cause even the sex that they have, you know, she's like, it's okay. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but he's like, I don't have a condom. And she's like, that's okay. Yeah. So she's okay, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she's probably obviously ready to start a family if he wants to. So, yeah, I, um, I, yeah, I like that. I like that she becomes more, mo- like, of a modern heroine in finding herself and making decisions for herself, etc. Um, but, you know, she still has those hopes and wishes of having a family. And I think the, you know, because she talks a lot about, I just want, I just want somebody to take care of. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, that it's not even she wants somebody to take care of her. It's she just wants people to love and take care of. And she looks at the Winstons and she's like, that's what I want. I want a big family who, you know, so that we all have lots of people to love, you know? Well, and she said, um, I want a loud boisterous family that just loves each other and has fun together. And yeah. And I think it's, I think it's still important to note that that exists, that that exists for people, that people still want that. Um, and I like the kind of um, rant that she sort of goes on, which I get the feeling probably comes from Penny Reed, in where she's like, just because I want to have kids doesn't make me less of a person. Like, that that's what I want to do with my life, um, you know, doesn't, doesn't make me less than. It's not, it's not something, I don't know. I, so I, I like that she kind of goes off on that rant. And which is because yeah. uh, her other heroines aren't like that. So I think she just wanted to have one of her heroines be a, I want to be a mom. You know, that's what I want. Yeah. But it's funny because Sienna's condition. So yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> she's like a working 
you know, woman and, and, um, anyway, I just think, no, I think her character is a good heroine for now, for today, because I think there's still women out there who want to be moms and, and, you know, and do those things. And not because they're, I don't know. Right. Not not because they got knocked up when they were 16 and not because they, uh, you know, can't do anything else and not because, but yeah. just because they feel like she could, she could do, I mean, she could have a high, highly lucrative career. Right. And, uh, well, and, and like Cleta said, she's smart enough. She could go to school and, and, you know, get a degree a and do all and, those kinds of things. And, and yeah. she's like, yeah, I could do those things, but that's not what I want to do right now. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I figured we would agree on that one. Um, just because, of how you raised me, but, um, so are you you team Cletus or team Jennifer in their dispute towards the end of the book? Was he justified in kind of whole, like essentially blackmailing her dad, uh, and keeping that from her? I think probably, it's an excellent question, Ellen. I know. So I'll say for me, like, on one hand, when he was like, if you come near, uh, if you, like, try to split us up, I'm going to tell everybody that. I'm like, yeah, because that guy is a freaking jerk. So yeah. blackmail the heck out of him. Um, but on the other hand, like, when she ended up getting mad, I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> like, that she would right. be mad about that. <laughs> um, yes. So I could see both sides of that one quite a bit. I do think, well, I don't even know that she overreacted. I was going to say, I think she kind of overreacted, but cause she didn't stay mad at him for very long, honestly. She I mean, didn't. it was just a few hours, but, um, uh, her dad was a jerk. And I think in most people's cases, you'd be kind of, um, should I tell her? Should I not tell her? That never even really occurred to Cleus, which therein is the problem. I think yeah. is that, um, you know, I think in most people's brain, you'd think to go to her first rather than, you know, blackmail her dad. But I think the problem was, lies in, you didn't even give me the opportunity to, you know, think if that was a good idea or not. Yeah. Um, however, um, her dad is a scumbag. And I think... Especially, I mean, I'm not even talking about what he was doing, but the fact that he wouldn't even let her consider going out with anybody else other than the, you know, four guys in their city that he had on his list of, okay, you can date this guy, this guy, this guy, or this guy. And, um, you know, you can't, you live in a small town, you can't narrow yourself down that much. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And uh, I think, and I think the thing... Because I could tell, you know, Cletus had it out for her dad, like, early on. But then, like, as he kind of started to see how, um, you know, she was getting treated, I think it was just, like... And then as he began to, like, feel more for her, I think it probably just, like, compounded on itself. Right. And um, he, like, I think in that moment, he was more wanting to, like, aggress against the dad rather than, like, thinking about how that would affect her. But then I think he, you know, I think he learned, that's a big thing that he learns in the book, and that's a big part of his arc. Um, well, and I think so, also um, part of the thing with that he does with the Iron Wraiths at the end, where he goes to his family with it, 
is because he's also thinking, well, okay, if I take down the Iron Rates, I'm taking down her brother as well. So, you know, he doesn't want to decimate her whole family. And so uh, he's got to, so he goes to his brothers to see, or his family to see, you know, what do you guys think we should do? Yeah. Um, so this question, how did you feel about her mom? I almost felt like she kind of got off easy in some ways because <laughs> in some ways, like, I think maybe just cause we saw her mom a little more. I was just like, Oh, this woman is like, right. The worst. Well, and, um, okay. At some point you need to ask me about the, um, audio version of these books, but okay. to listen to the audio version of this book, when, when she does the voice of the mother, it's so perfect and spot on that it's like, oh my gosh, I, well, I listen I can to it too. Picture yeah. her, you know, I can picture her. Um, yeah. but, uh, her mother, I think her mother is misguided in a lot of ways. Plus her mother in a lot of ways has been living under the thumb of her husband for a long time too. And so her mother kind of has her own journey to take, so to speak. Yeah. But her mother was absolutely horrible to her as well. I mean, her dad yeah. would make fun of her for not being very smart, but her mom would just make fun of the way she looked. I mean, just put down her looks all the time. Well, Plus and she's... like completely changed. Like she like dyed her hair when she was like a little kid, like to, four like, years that... old. And she yeah. did the, the, uh, pageant circuit, which I think is a sickness and a disease. Yeah. And, um, sorry to anyone who might be in the pageant. <laughs> but, you know, she made her way wear false eyelashes and, and have wear a dress all the time. She never even could wear jeans out in public. And yeah, I, I mean, it was ridiculous the way that her mother, cause she was like a showpiece, literally she yeah. was like a showpiece for her family. And, um, yeah, but I think once her mother realized I'm going to lose her unless I change. Yeah. Then she had to, whereas that like, didn't really matter obviously to the dad. So like in that respect, like, I guess the mom is, redeemable um but in a lot of ways i was more annoyed by the mom throughout the book than i was the dad um and i think again that's just because like we saw more of her but um and i like that you know not only did jennifer kind of like talk to her and say like okay these are the things that i need if we're going to you know progress in this working relationship and like you know mother-daughter relationship um, but then I also like that Dwayne and uh, Cletus got to like, no, no more dresses. Give <laughs> no us, yellow dresses. <laughs> give us normal clothes to bring to her. Um, there's actually, I can send, I think it's just a link where you can read it. Um, but there's a little short story that Penny Reed wrote about the mom and how, and she has a little, a little romance as well. Oh. Is this a post book or pre-book it's post this book okay and it's um about her and somebody that you that you know so i'll 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 send it to you i I feel like i maybe already told you about it but anyway i'll send it to you um and then my last question which you already kind of touched on but how much do you need billy's book in your life how much do I need Billy's? Oh, Bill. Oh my gosh. <laughs> because I need that book so bad. <laughs> well, they've been building up to it in every single book so far. And, and you can tell there's a huge backstory here and I gotta hear this story. Cause it's driving. In fact, um, 
in one of the books, I can't remember if it was Bo's book or Cletus's book, but um, they started talking about this backstory with uh, Billy and Claire, and he's like, but that's that story could fill a novel. And I'm like, yes, fill it. Let's go. <laughs> give, it, give it to me now. <laughs> Keep talking, Cletus. Just tell me the whole story. Uh, I need that book so much. And um, I really like Billy as a character. I just like that he's essentially like the oldest brother because Jethro was kind of a disappointment in that regard in some respects when they were growing up. Um and so that he's kind of, like, the responsible one. And he's, they're just, like, both, like, anytime they show them or, like, just hint at them, they're just so tortured. I'm just like, I need to know what's going on. What's wrong with you guys? <laughs> or Billy will say something like, you, you know I know that, you know, and you're like, yes, come on, tell us what happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I know I better that. than most. It's like, I know, can you tell us, please? Which I already sent, I already told you about this, but when I finished this book, I text, I tweeted at Penny Reed. I was just like, hey, I know you're probably busy, but I really need that book like tomorrow. So could you please work on that? And she's like, I know, I know, I'm working on it. So uh, I'm very excited for that book and I feel like it's too far away, but we'll, we'll be patient. Because we've got Roscoe's uh, book is next, right? Yeah, Roscoe's at, so Bo is after Cletus, which you and I have both read Bo's book, and then um, Roscoe is the next book to come out. So. Yeah, and I think, I believe that I sent you a text saying that this Green Valley, Tennessee is to hot people what <laughs> Cabot Cove is to murders on yeah. Murder, She Wrote, which is an old lady comment, I guess, but... <laughs> it's fine. I, I was just watching, I binge-watched Golden Girls yesterday, so I'm, I'm good. <laughs> But um, it's like everybody in this town is super hot. And I'm like, really? Really? This A small town in Tennessee is going to have this many gorgeous people in it? Yeah, apparently. As, as soon as they um, described one of the people as she was really, she was gorgeous and did it, I was like, this is going to be Roscoe's girl. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the dead giveaway in any romance novel. If anybody's just showing up being again. attractive. Because <laughs> we already know who Billy's going to end up with, but... Um, I was like, no, this must be the girl that Roscoe ends up with. Obviously. Obviously. Um, okay. So I think those are our thoughts on beard science in case you can't tell. We loved it. Um, and we would love to hear from you on this book and any other romance novel thoughts. Wait, 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 wait. We can't stop without talking about the audible version of this book. Okay. Sorry. Okay. (laughs) Ellen, seriously. Okay. So I don't usually listen to Audible versions because every now and then I buy them with some of the historical romances that I read. And they're read by these little, you know, it's either a chick trying to do a dude's voice or it's um, a guy trying to do a chick's voice. And it's a British guy and their voices are not, you know, the most masculine. Sorry, British people. And, um, but holy crap. (laughs) I bought, I had to go run some errands and I was in the middle of Jethro book and I thought, I'm just going to take the audible version so I can listen to it when I'm in the car. So I'm listening to this in the car and I'm like, this guy's voice is probably the sexiest thing I've ever heard. First of all, I like that you were so entrenched in these books that you're going to the grocery store and you're like, I can't stop. I have to buy the audible book so I can listen to it in the car, which I've been to the grocery store where you're going. It's like a five minute drive. I wasn't just going to the grocery store. I had a bunch of errands I had to run. But I was like, I need my book. I can't stop, won't stop. Let's do this. 
<laughs> so I got the audible version and I was like, holy crap, this guy has the sexiest voice. And I even told Ellen, I said, oh, I'm going to have to get in the car and listen to the Tennessee sex voice. Read this book to me. <laughs> she did. She called me. I was like, Ellen, you've got to listen to this book. <laughs> so then after I finished the Jethro book, I read most of the Cletus book. But then the second time I read it, I listened to most of it. And um, hello, this guy's voice. Even the girl's voice is cute in the Cletus book because she does a cute Yeah, jet. she does do a cute job. Um, and I, but I like that in this book, they've got, you know, a boy doing the bow chapters and, or a boy's voice doing the Cletus chapters and a girl's voice doing the girl chapters. Mm-hmm. And they're all done that way. But there isn't one for Bo's book, which I was a little disappointed in. I know she's she's come out and talked about why that is, and I can't remember what it is, but she's like made a bunch of announcements about why that's happening. I don't remember why, but but I highly recommend, even if you're not an audible person. Yeah, they're, they're pretty good audiobooks. They um, are, and they're and they're almost acted out, and it's kind of fun to hear the accents and yeah, um, the because when you read something, you you kind of try to read it like in the tone of voice that they'd be using it you know if they describe how they said it and to have it kind of acted out like that which they do a really good job with with these audible versions and um it's it's really dead cute i I also think it helps because like this book on the like sexiness scale is not off the charts i mean first of all it takes them a long time to like even start doing that um like i said slow burn um and so I have a hard time listening to sexy scenes in audiobooks sometimes because I'm just like, oh, this is awkward. And, like, the way that this old British woman is, you know, <laughs> talking about nipples and things like that is a little weird. Um, yeah. Uh, I always, what was, there's, like, a word that they always say in, I, anyway, I think it's, like, breasts. It's just, like, it's always so breasts. And I'm like, I get that you're like a performer who like enunciates, but it just makes it weird. Um, so I think it also helps that these are not like crazy sexy. So it's um, a little less awkward for me to listen to it. Um, I don't know, but. But it's cute to listen to it in the accents because. Yeah, it is. There was one where she kept saying that I kept thinking, she says that so cute. So Jen like, but oh, features, his features. <laughs> <laughs> so cute when she said it <laughs> or bless his yeah. heart <laughs> yeah it is cute anyway okay so are those our thoughts on beard science by penny reed those are our thoughts on beard science by penny reed which took up like the whole thing but yeah. um y- yes i was a fan yeah i think i think it's safe to say that we would put this one in the win column Um, so we would love to hear from you on this book or any other romance novel thoughts that you want to throw our way at our Facebook page, our Goodreads group, our Twitter, which is at NotYourMomsRom, or you can email us at NotYourMomsRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. Next time, we're going to be discussing uh, Lord of Scoundrels by Loretta Chase. It's uh, kind of a classic in the genre, and I'm pretty sure Mom's never read it. Does that one sound familiar to you? Okay, so because it's amazing and Mom's never read it, that's why we're going to read it. 
Um, so for now, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll be talking about some of the big differences between historicals and contemporaries, so stay with us. Hi everybody, Ellen here with your Contemporary Spotlight for the week. So, um, we're obviously doing a contemporary book this week, so it seems a little uh, overly redundant, but I'm going to make it even more redundant and spotlight something that Penny Reed is doing right now. Um, so Penny Reed is the author of Beard Science, which we're talking about uh, today, but uh, lately with her newsletter, she's been doing this kind of serialized book called um, Nobody Looks Good in Leather Pants, and um, it's a lot of fun. So if you have enjoyed Beard Science, um, I would really recommend logging in and signing up for her newsletter so that you can kind of check out this book. Um, it's also going to be coming out in ebook and print, but, um, you know, jump on the newsletter so you can say that you were, the, you know, part of the original team. Um, anyway, hope you guys enjoy that, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye. And we're back to talk about contemporaries versus historicals. So mom's now an expert because she's read four contemporaries by one author. <laughs> by one so. author, one series. <laughs> so I think that makes us highly qualified to talk about this. Um <laughs> So, Mom, what were kind of the things that stood out to you when you were reading your first contemporary? Well, here's the deal. The thing I, if you go back a few weeks when we talked about what's what we like about historical romances, one of the things that I really liked about historical romances, if you remember, I had a bit of a rant, was about how the gentlemen, the men were all gentlemen, and they um, treated the girls well, and, you know, they were polite and and worried about them over themselves however with that said in this particular series these boys are just like that so it's almost yeah. like a historical set in modern times because they're all really sweet gentlemen they always are worried about their girls and i love the way they say that's his woman that's my woman <laughs> that's my woman <laughs> but um they treat them well they are very respectful they're you know they're they always say my mama brought me up right and yeah. um so, and their mama did she's a good mama she was a good mama and um so it's i it's almost like you know a historical romance set in modern times does that make sense that yeah <laughs> i think that's pretty safe to say though i mean like they're probably all like that because they're mostly yeah. written by women i mean they're all written by women and women that's what women like yeah, and I think that, I mean, even when, because I've also read some contemporaries where, like, the guy just is kind of a jerk and a little bit chauvinistic or whatever, but that's their arc, is finding a way to not be like that, usually. Um, or they still maintain some of their, like, their bite, but, you know, are always right. respectful to to that woman, you know, that they love. And... um so I think that's that's just a romance thing, you know, is I think that when we read historicals, it's a little more, you know, instilled in them. But um, I think with contemporaries, it's it's the same thing. It's just it just is projected in a different way. Right. Um, and so. um, I like uh, and of course, I've only read the one series. And this might be just a Penny Reed thing, but um, 
I love the sexual innuendos. She had some hilarious sexual yeah, innuendos in these books. And, um, so, and you don't get a lot of those. I mean, every now and then you'll get, you know, a very slight one in a historical romance, but you don't get a lot of those in the historical romances like you do. In historical romances, they usually find a way to do it with like some kind of uh, silly olden day word, which is, you know, like they'll like, oh, britches something you know like uh, <laughs> yeah they find well, this one was straight up you know cletus's sausage they talked a lot about cletus's yeah. sausage <laughs> and and jennifer's muffin and uh <laughs> yes. that kind of stuff yes and um, then they when they were going to make the sausage pie there's a the whole thing about you're gonna let cletus put his sausage in your pie <laughs> in your pie yeah um i think that kind of like with that um, you lose a lot of the societal strictures that kind of stop them from having sex in contemporaries. Like, right. I think with a lot of historicals, it's like, oh, we mustn't, we're not married or, you know, but like with contemporaries, it's like, oh, let's just, let's do it. And that's sometimes where a lot of the conflict comes from in contemporaries. Cause you get like plots about one night stands that then become more or, um, you know, different things like that. Maybe they have a baby and they have to kind of figure out what to do with that. You see all sorts of stuff like that in contemporaries. And I also feel like uh, with the societal strictures that are no longer in in it with a contemporary, um, they kind of talk, like you were saying, they talk about sex much more freely, sometimes for better or for worse. Um, and, you know, sometimes I like that and sometimes I don't, where I'm just like, okay, we get it, we get it. Um, but I think that they can have a little bit more fun with some of the, like, fun, flirty talk and, you know, different things like that. I do like, um, cell phones make things a lot easier because there's a lot of times, <laughs> a lot of times I'm reading a historical romance and they're trying to, you know, find someone or save someone or something. It's like, Oh, these people really need cell phones. <laughs> Just text him. If he doesn't respond, call him. Yeah, for sure. Anything else that stuck out to you? I mean, essentially, they're uh, usually very similar. I mean, the Dukes essentially just become millionaires in contemporaries. Right. That's a big thing is they're always rich in contemporaries. Um, uh, even in this, even in uh, the Winston brothers, it's like they're secret millionaires. So. They are secret millionaires. I was going to say, we need to, you need to point out, Cletus has made them all millionaires. So, yeah. <laughs> Anything else that you noted in your first foray into contemporaries? Well, um, it's almost kind of like, well, I was trying to explain to you, and I don't know if I was explaining it very well, but where uh, historical romances are kind of muted, these are more stark and, um, like, I don't know, the light shining on them a little brighter because it's more, everything is more modern is the word that comes to mind. But, you know, girls are wearing jeans and, you know, uh they don't have corsets on to get through. They've got, you know, lace panties and bras. And and so it's, I don't know, it's just, it adds a different spin on everything that happens. So Yeah, I and like, I love my historicals. It's always probably going to be like my favorite subgenre. But sometimes it's nice, like when I've been reading a ton of historicals to just be like, you know, I just want to read something that's more contemporary right now and uh kind of delve into that world right now um so they're they're fun in their own way and and like i said they get to kind of do some different storylines that wouldn't really 
work in a historical setting. So it's kind of fun. So, um, okay. I think because we talked so much about beard science that that's going to do it for our discussions for today. Thanks so much for joining us again. If you would like to join us for Lord of Scoundrels by Loretta Chase in two weeks, um, please do so. You can find us on Twitter at NotYourMom'sRom or on Facebook or Goodreads or email us at NotYourMom'sRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. All right. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Ellen. See you next time. See you next time.